The Chicago Bears need their offensive line to fast-track their development at training camp. Now that the pads are finally coming on, and the News Bears regime can get a better sense of what they have and don't have up front. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth, Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and hopefully every day. On the show today, a preview of this Bears offensive line entering training camp. We'll start with the right guard position, where it's a major question mark. And until that question mark is more firmly answered, it's a major concern, where right now, potentially, Sam Mustafer is the option, but some other possibilities on the roster, maybe possibilities not currently on the roster, and we'll look at what the options are there and what we'll be looking for. Then we'll turn our attention to the other big question mark, The offensive tackle competition seems to be wide open on both sides with the two draft picks from last season, plus draft picks from this season and a couple of free agents that they brought in over the course of the offseason. We'll learn the sort of stakes and the players involved there and what we'll be expecting once these pads do get on. We'll wrap up looking at this offensive line depth for rookies drafted this season. How many of the four of them will provide backup or starting options for them this season? How does this bench Look like if, heaven forbid, the Bears have some kind of injury on the offensive line, which we've seen plenty of in recent years in Chicago. But we start with the biggest hole, right guard. At least offensive tackle has some guys who have started some games there that you're still in the process of developing. But right now at right guard, your top option is Sam Mustafer, who started all of last season at center and was below average at center last season. Obviously, Young still developing as a player and is not the referendum on what he will be for his career just yet, but a guy that we went into this offseason feeling like the Bears needed to upgrade from in the starting lineup at center, that he could still be a quality backup, that if you needed to put him in the starting lineup at center, you could get by the way that they were able to get by with him last season. But ideally, if you're building your ideal offensive line for Justin Fields, which it does not feel like the Bears currently have, but are in the longer-term process of getting there, ideally, you don't have Sam Mustafer as your starting center. So through the transitive property, ideally, you probably don't have Sam Mustafer as your starting right guard. He hasn't really played that position all that much. I don't know exactly where his experience left him in college, but he was mostly a center at Notre Dame, if not entirely a center at Notre Dame. That was like his position, and it didn't necessarily boast a ton of versatility in that way. That doesn't mean he can't learn right guard and maybe even play right guard at a decent level, but it it doesn't seem like an ideal option there. But the Bears don't have a lot of other options right now. 
the name that gets thrown into this conversation, at least more so from us on the outside than what we've heard from the Bears, is Zachary Thomas, the sixth, one of the six-round picks, this one out of San Diego State. I believe he played offensive tackle there, but seems to be per- perhaps projecting more so into guard at the NFL level. And some reason to think he could be an effective player there. I mean, obviously the reason that they drafted him and, and saw him as a player worth adding to their team, but some expectation that maybe he could develop into something at that spot, but a lot to ask for and a lot to expect. I think too much to expect a rookie six round pick from San Diego state also learning a new position as he adjusts to the NFL and a new offense and new, everything, new teammates, new facility. It would seem like a lot and perhaps unreasonable to expect him to win the competition, start and be really good, right? All in all, all, all at once, probably not super, super likely there. So then, you know, it, that's why it seems like it's kind of Sam Mustafa or or what at this point. You would think a free agent would be a possibility here, but they've had all offseason to add more players at right guard. And more specifically, after June 1st, they freed up a lot more salary cap space. Since June 1st, the Bears have had over $20 million in salary cap space just sitting there, essentially like money in the bank, waiting to be spent and still having question marks on this roster that you could spend that money to help better address. And so I I don't exactly know why, if they haven't done it since June 1st, why they would do it all of a sudden now until you get to training camp and see the guys with the pads on. And maybe once they're physically, you know, getting that full evaluation of these offensive linemen, does that raise the level of concern for this front office? And that would then perhaps propel them to, sign a free agent. The problem with that is you've now wasted, not completely wasted, but missed out on however long it took you to reach that decision of training camp practices that that new free agent and potential starter will not have had to practice and compete and learn the offense and all those things, as opposed to recognizing the question mark now, still having the cap space and getting the player in now in advance and being proactive as opposed to potentially reactive if you get to camp and see that some of these players are not necessarily as good as you would like them to be for the offensive line. The other option that I guess is is floating back there as loosely a possibility, but has a few steps to get there is, you know, perhaps you could move Tevin Jenkins or Larry Borum inside to right guard if you if you needed to. That would require you having another starting offensive tackle, perhaps in like the rookie Braxton Jones. We'll get into that in just a moment here, but you can see where there's a few steps before that move would happen. And then if that move doesn't happen until, you know, later in a training camp or the preseason, that's even less time for Jenkins or Borum or whoever to then learn the right guard spot and get acclimated to that. And I'm worried that the Bears are going to end up making a late change or late changes to their offensive line, not give them a lot of time to, gel and build that cohesion as a group. And then that becomes the excuse when they struggle early in the season because, oh, well, they just haven't had a lot of time working together. Well, whose fault is it that then they didn't have enough time working together? We heard that so often during the Matt Nagy era when they would move guys around late in that process. And even even before the Matt Nagy era, I mean, it goes back to Kyle Long, for God's sake, when he moved over to to right tackle right at the end of preseason. Like For too many years of Bears offensive line coaches and regimes, they make all these changes late to the offensive line in the process and don't get a lineup really figured out early enough. And then they blame that late offensive line combination for part of why they aren't meshing well. But 
again, whose, whose fault was it that they didn't get that combination early? So that, that's kind of where my concern level raises right now, especially with that right guard spot. Because at least at offensive tackle, it feels like the two starters are here somewhere uh, out of the group that you, you at least feel like you've got something here that is is more, you're not exactly sure who it's going to be and what exactly it's going to look like, but the pieces more or less seem to be here right now. We'll kind of go through the Jenkins, Borum, and Braxton Jones competition next on Locked on Bears. We've all been in those spots sometimes when money's a little short. You know, maybe you can only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank or you're just sort of feeling paycheck to paycheck this month, you know, struggling to make ends meet. It, it, it's stressful when those types of unexpected expenses come up and you're budgeting real tight. Our friends at Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. All you have to do is sign up for their download the Dave app and that's boom, instantly more money to fill your tank or catch up on bills wherever you need it. Those, those expenses that have been stressing you out, take care of those without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. All you got to do, go to the App Store, download the Dave app. That's D-A-V-E, like the first name. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Chicago Bears have to figure out, perhaps right now, three of their five offensive starters, offensive line starters. We know Cody Whitehair at left guard, boom. Lucas Patrick at center, those are your guys there. Right guard, we just established, has uh, a lot of questions, but is penciled in as Sam Mustafa right now, but could be some other options. Both tackle spots are, are up in the air because we've already seen that rotation start even before the pads are on. You know, at OTAs, all the, the controversy and the concern and, and maybe some optimism also for, for Braxton Jones came when Tevin Jenkins was practicing with the second team, you know, just a year after having been drafted in the second round. And then the fifth round rookie this year, Braxton Jones gets the call up and gets to practicing with the first team at left tackle as well. And so we've seen also, you know, Larry Borum now play both left and right tackle spots, Borum practicing at right tackle at OTAs. And it does again, bring up what we were just talking about before the break there, that you need to get ideally your combination set as early as you possibly can. So you don't have guys switching from left to right or from the bench to the starting lineup. And, and especially, you know, for Cody Whitehair, having that left tackle next to him set so he can learn that muscle memory and that communication, the styles of play of the player next to you so that they can function seamlessly as one. Because that's the problem with the offensive line is that they all need to really, really be used to each other and know each other and be able to know what the other person's going to do and expect what's going to happen next from them so that everyone's on the same page and not thinking he's going to block that guy, I'm going to block that guy. And it's not as simple as just like knowing the blocking schemes and the assignments. I mean, sometimes it's it's about physical space and distancing, knowing how much how quickly the player next to you moves and how well he can recover when a guy's going inside versus outside and when I need to help him versus when I need to help the guy on my other side. And so the more time then that you can have the five people in place practicing together, the more they can build that connection, that cohesion and, and limit the types of mistakes that might come from lack of communication and, and lack of lack of familiarity. But the problem is you also need to give enough time for the competition to be 
fair and to be played out. You know, it's not you're not going to figure out exactly for sure in one practice who your two starting offensive tackles are going to be. But you don't want to wait three weeks of practice or, you know, a month of training camp before you get that lineup pretty well in place. I, I would bet the Bears have at least a pretty good idea right now. I mean, I think they they wanted to see Braxton Jones in that starting lineup, and that doesn't mean that mean that doesn't mean Tevin Jenkins is destined to be the backup and is out. I think once the pads get on, it changes that equation a little bit. I I think of Tevin Jenkins as a physical, aggressive offensive tackle that can turn on a mean streak. You saw it last season where you know, Justin Fields got hit late and Tevin Jenkins came over and shoved a defensive player because he wasn't happy about it. And of course, Jermaine Effetti tried to pull him off in a, in a thing that was frustrating for Bears fans everywhere. But regardless, it seems to me like Tevin Jenkins, once he can get the pads on and hit at least the defensive lineman across from him, not that he's going to be as aggressive as he might against a real opponent, but I just think that physicality may lend itself more to Tevin Jenkins' performance and ability in practice, as opposed to being without the pads where it's a little bit more finesse and movement skills and not even just really real offensive line play. It's not real blocking. So it can be hard to kind of get a, a translatable evaluation of those players. And I just I just have this feeling that once Jenkins gets the pads on, not that he's going to be a pro bowler out of nowhere, you know, as a, as a sophomore just yet, but just that some of those concerns about him being the backup, I would guess might mitigate a little bit more. And I think conversely, Braxton Jones as a rookie, there's a lot to like about Braxton Jones. And I'm very encouraged by the progress that he's made this quickly in his career. But once the pads come on and Travis Gibson across from you is actually hitting you and you're getting metaphorically and sometimes literally punched in the mouth, sometimes there can be that adjustment and that, that learning curve and that like, Oh, the level of difficulty steps up another, another level and Tevin Jenkins has at least played in NFL games. He wasn't around for training camp last season, but he has at least played in NFL games with pads on and knows a little bit more of, of what that level of difficulty will be like. So I think Jenkins will get that boost when the pads comes on and J Braxton Jones will maybe drop down when the pads come on. But then you have three, four weeks of practice and preseason games for that competition to maybe even out as, as, as Braxton Jones gets more used to it, gets more comfortable and, and improves perhaps. And as, you know, whatever happens with Tevin Jenkins, if that stays the same, or if he continues to grow too. And then Larry Borum's in there too, right? I don't mean to make this the Jenkins versus Braxton Jones thing. It's just that Borum is the one who stayed with the first team. Was at left tackle, bumped over to right tackle. Jenkins was the one who went from first string to second string. And Jones, of course, going to the first string. But it could very well be that it's Tevin Jenkins and Braxton Jones, right? I think any of those combinations is within the realm of possibility here. I still think chances are it's Jenkins and Borum in some combination. Left versus right, I have no idea. It would seem more likely that a fifth-round rookie, even one that's impressed, but especially coming out of southern Utah as a smaller school prospect, a player with a lot to like and a lot of great tools and can develop into something great, odds are that the second-year players are more likely to start than the rookie fifth-round pick. So that's what I'm more so expecting there, but I think any of those three could be an option. And honestly, if if you end up wanting to move one of them inside the guard, you could still sign another offensive tackle with that salary cap space. I don't think this regime has the same level of commitment to Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum in general that the previous regime would because they drafted them. I don't think they feel like, oh, we have to start one of those guys because they were draft picks. I think they say, well, we're going to start the best players. And whether that's Braxton Jones or Tevin Jenkins or a free agent or whatever, I don't think they're specifically tied to getting Jenkins and Borum on the field unless they 
truly do deserve it and show that progress that we're looking for from them. So it, it's still definitely an offensive line question mark, but it's it's more an unanswered question than a mega concern at this point. But we'll see once we get to see them practice and maybe perform in preseason games if or how confident we should be in that offensive line group. Then, of course, there's sort of the rest of the, the rosters filling out the 53-man final group of this offensive line. A lot of unproven players that got four draft picks in there on the bench as well. We'll sort of shape out this Bears offensive line depth and say, okay, which of these rookies is going to make the team and which ones might be cut before their first NFL regular season game. That's next on Locked on Bears. Our friends at Built Bar have put out another delicious flavor. They just keep coming out with great products over and over again. Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Puffs. I have a whole box of them because I had one and I had to get more. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and the Built Puffs taste like a chocolate-covered marshmallow. But in this case, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff is a coconut puff. It's like a coconut marshmallow covered in chocolate, and then there are actual brownie chunks in it and on top of it that add this like sweet chocolatey fudge taste on top. But like all Built Bars, they're low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. It's an unreal combination. You got to try it out for yourself. Head on over to Built.com, enter in our promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. When the Chicago Bears drafted four offensive linemen on day three this year, it felt inevitable to me that not all four are going to make this Bears 53-man roster. And I could even see as few as one making this Bears 53-man roster this season as a rookie. The advantage for them is that the team really doesn't have much else proven depth. So there's every opportunity in the world for these rookies in particular to stick on in their rookie seasons. And the fear is always, it's like, oh, well, if the Bears cut this sixth round pick or this seventh round pick or even fifth round pick sometimes, another team is going to snatch them up and add them to their 53-man roster and leave them hanging and and make the Bears essentially lose and and quote-unquote waste the draft pick that they would have just used on these offensive linemen. And I think that's often not as big of a risk as we might think because other teams don't want to use 53-man roster spaces on a player that they haven't seen in games or in person in their own practice facilities before. So that is that can be dependent on how these guys perform and how much they play in the preseason games. That if, if some of these offensive linemen truly play well in those preseason games, then they would be good enough that the Bears probably wouldn't cut them in the first place. I guess it's sort of the other caveat here. But then that could be a time when the Bears... But, but another team would have to look at these players, and specifically I'm thinking you know, Doug Kramer, the center from Illinois, Zachary Thomas, the guard we talked about from San Diego State, who could be in that mix at right guard potentially, and then Jatire Carter, the, the seventh-round offensive, ta- offensive tackle slash maybe will kick into guard from Southern. I mean, really, really small school. They would really have to impress because... Other teams would have to feel that those guys are better than the guys that they have on their roster, which might not even be rookies. It might be other veterans that they've seen a lot more and know a lot more of what they're going to get. And teams nowadays are keeping, you know, maybe three, sometimes four backup offensive linemen, not even a, a full five. So you, you have to be better than, you know, if, you need, if you're going to be the backup 
tackle. You got to be the swing tackle. If you're going to be a backup interior player, they usually want some of that versatility to play guard or center to give you more value to be worth one of those final spots. And it just doesn't seem likely that a player, that any of those players like Zachary Thomas, Doug Kramer, and Jatar Carter specifically would be not good enough to make the Bears roster, but then still intrigue another team enough to put on their 53-man roster. The risk you would run is if they chose to not come to the Bears practice squad and rather go to another team's practice squad if the opportunity presented itself. But that then falls on the coaching staff to sort of sell them on sticking around and being a member of the Bears. And this is not to instantly assume that all of them will not make the 53-man roster. You look right away, who's the Bears' backup center going to be behind Lucas Patrick? Right now you got Doug Kramer, the six-round pick out of Illinois. You've got uh, Dieter Eselin, who was an undrafted free agent, I think, two years ago and has has been on the practice squad and occasionally called up to the active roster under the Nagy regime, but it hasn't really played much or, or you know, been this must-keep guy on the team. And then you have Sam Mustafer. If he's not starting, he could then be your backup center, or I guess he could be your starting right guard, and then if your center gets hurt, move him to center and bring someone else in at right guard. But, like, there is a pretty strong opportunity here for Doug Kramer to be the Bears' backup center this season. I'm, I'm not going to say at this point that it's his, you know, and that he's got it and he's guaranteed or anything, but th- there's a real window there. It, at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if they stashed him on the practice squad because they know they can get away with it, but still, I, I think that's that's a good spot for him. Zachary Thomas might be so good at, at, at guard here, given some of the hype and expectations that have been building around him, that he would just be the backup guard because... Again, you look at, at the guards on the roster, and it's Whitehair, Mustafer, Zachary Thomas. I mean, they've, they've got Willie Wright as a guy who's bounced around the league quite a bit, but never really stuck on very many places. Been a practice squad guy for, like, the Browns and the, the Falcons. He was activated, like, a couple of times for, like, a, a game or two as a backup, but hasn't really done much at all in the NFL. And then uh, that's pretty much it. Latavius Simmons might be able to play some guard, but they really don't have backup guards on the roster, which is why you would think they would have signed a veteran already. Even if you sign a veteran, that's not clearly going to be better than Mustafer. But like, even if he loses that competition, you just don't have like a true proven veteran backup guard or center on this roster right now. And it's just strange to me that after June 1st, the cap space is no longer the excuse, right? For a while this season, it's just like, yeah, they, the off season, like up through the draft and stuff, they were really tight on cap space. There was just not room to get these players. But the understanding was that post-June 1st, the salary would come off the books for Tariq Cohen and, and Danny Trevathan through salary cap rules, and boom, you have all this cap space now. And they've traded for Nikhil Harry, and you know they brought in you know, Julian Davenport was a, a later free agent addition, and they got uh, Mike Pinnell, the, the defensive tackle, but these offensive line questions have been there all offseason. And the fact that they haven't been addressed in this way is one of the more concerning and head-scratching things from this Bears' new regime up to this point because Ryan Poles is the offensive lineman himself. He's the offensive line guy. He priori- Well, the Chiefs prioritized their offensive line after the Super Bowl that the Chiefs lost because of how important it was for Patrick Mahomes. And the, I'm sort of out, of out of excuses and reasons other than just they want to see these guys in training camp and pads first, but that, again, feels reactive and not proactive toward building this offensive line. So... I, I just, I'm confused as to why that hasn't been a bigger priority. They clearly like the young guys that they drafted, and maybe that's a, a stronger indication that all of them could make the 53-man roster. I would guess the seventh-round pick, Jatir Carter, probably the least likely, given 
comes from the smallest school and sort of has the least amount of, I, I would say, uh, development or, or the least amount of, you know, progress, the least amount of, he, he isn't quite as ready to go, I think, as some of the other offensive linemen, if I can find the words to describe it there. I'm trying to be nice, right? Trying not to trash the guy by any means because develop him, put him on the practice squad, let him learn and see as he sort of adjusts to a much higher level of competition and maybe a new position inside an offensive guard. But otherwise, yeah, it's like Latavia Simmons, Julian Davenport, Sean Coleman, just not guys that are quality, reliable offensive linemen in the NFL. And the Bears do not really have any room for injury on this line. If, if your, t- your tackles get hurt, I mean, you got three offensive tackles, so maybe Braxton Jones, if he's on the bench, you would feel okay about him coming in. But any kind of other injury, it's... It's rough. It, it's real questions. It's probably need to bring in a free agent. So bring in the free agent now and be proactive. Don't be reactive and be scrambling and trying to get somebody up to speed later on if you realize you need one when you could just bring one in now. There's not really a good excuse not to at this point. So obviously a lot of concern and a lot of questions to be answered on this offensive line. It's, it's going to be critical to what Justin Fields and the running game do this season. You can be sure when we get offensive line updates with the pads on at training camp, We'll break it all down for you right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We'll keep churning through these training camp previews all leading up to the players reporting. Just like next week, we're like less than 10 days away from Bears training camp, and we're going to be covering it all for you right here. So hope you'll keep making Locked On Bears your first listen each and every day. If you're looking for your second listen today, our friends with the Locked On NFL podcast are doing the top 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. It's the top 50 players that move the betting needle. And there is a Chicago Bear on that list. I think by we get a little later in this week, we'll get to where he is on that list. You'll hear from me on the Lockdown NFL podcast in there. I was also on the Lockdown NFL podcast yesterday, Monday's podcast, talking about the Nikhil Harry trade as well. So plenty of goodies for you here on the Lockdown Podcast Network going all week long. Find Lockdown NFL wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube as well and keep coming back for more Locked on Bears for even more reasons and an easier time to bear down.